Sam Ackerman, good morning to you. Good morning to you. Uh, let's start with that cricket test. Uh, I'm pretty grumpy. How are you? I, I, I'm good. I, listen, to me, I, I, I watched that test, uh, and the, the the simple fact of the matter is you play what's in front of you. If South Africa want to send a, a weakened team, I'm just glad. For, I'm, I'm glad for international cricket, not just for New Zealand, but every, every t- country that plays test cricket that the South African team got beaten soundly. Because you can imagine if they just send... Uh, the, a legitimate B team of inexperienced test players, and they come and enrol former world test champions New Zealand at home in the first test. Now that would have been a severely bad look for the sport. But for what New Zealand put up, I, I, I'm, I, I wasn't thrilled with what we uh, up against as a as a nation getting to watch a South African team that when you you want to see the big names, you want to see that pressure. But the fact of the matter is, we got to see a clinic from some New Zealand batsmen uh, and Kane Williamson. Uh, just, I. I, I to me, I feel like he would have produced those same knocks no matter who was bowling at it. That's I, what is I, I so don't know. He looked out of sorts to me a bit, actually. He was getting highly annoyed with not being able to run the ball through third man, and he was able to, you know, but, but, chip away but, at it, but, chip away but, at it, chip away at it. That's, that, that's what I'm talking about. He's able to chip away at it. Kane Williamson finds a way to score when he is mm. out of sorts, or does it, and he doesn't just do that against poor teams. He's done that against uh, solid teams, too. He's got a, a, there was, uh, he was definitely frustrated. But you wouldn't put it down to a lack of patience. He kept he, he kept his his cool, and he scored at a in that second uh, innings as everybody else was really not contributing a whole lot. He scored at a good clip as well as holding a, um, that run together. Whether they should have batted again is okay. Last uh, grumpy point. I mean, it, it, it was. Um, You're allowed to be grumpy. You're oh, allowed look, to be grumpy. I, I, to me, if I had paid test. good money to go and watch that test, yeah, it was a fantastic day for the kids, and I don't want to take anything away from Rachman Ravindra's double century or anything else. But if I had paid good money to go and watch that test, I'd be pretty darn annoyed. You, you, you are you are expecting a contest between the best or near the best sides representing their country. It was the Australian former skipper Steve Waugh who actually said, I don't even know why New Zealand's mm. playing. So on the one hand, it's a win for test cricket. It was beautiful weather. It was a lovely day. The kids were loving picking up all the sixes. But... On the other, I did not feel like I was watching a contest. What I hope happens, and it wouldn't put it past South Africa, that you know these players, many of whom have not played beyond first-class cricket, I think the skipper was on debut, all credit to him, taking a handful of wickets. Uh, I hope they sort of have a stratospheric learning curve and, and put up a decent scrap from here on in, and they may well do that. But if this begins to become a trend that your best players stay home to earn the big dollars in the shorter version of the game, then Test cricket really will be in trouble. I don't. I, I don't think we're watching uh, a brand new uh, approach to Test cricket. Test cricket amongst the players is generally very highly valued. South African cricket, the the governing body, wanted their stars at home for their competition. So they were being greedy. They were being selfish rather than players going, you know what, tests don't matter to us. That's, that's my, um, certainly my take on it. I, I think that uh, they'll, be, they'll be embarrassed um, off the back of this. Um, but, but by the same token, look, as you say, the, the key's in the name, right? Test cricket. It's not trial cricket or have a go cricket. It's supposed to be the best of the best, put themselves under pressure and testing themselves in the top environment. And we didn't get to see that from the Black Caps. That said, the Black Caps confidence in the Test Cricket Arena needed a little bit of a fillip, in my opinion, and I think New Zealand needed to see uh, New Zealand open up their shoulders uh, in a situation, and I think watching Ratchet Ravinder play the way he did 
uh, will be remembered for a long time, much longer than remembering the quality of the opposition. Yeah, and I don't want to take uh, away so, from I don't want to take away from that century. So, I mean, and, the, the and final, same thing. The I think it's good, 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 yeah. good, good bowling from Jamison and Satner and the like too, where we got to see them get opportunities. But we complain that New Zealand cricketers don't get often enough. I do hope that they learn as I said, at a stratospheric rate. It was even things as basic as field settings and putting pressure on a player who's on nearly 100. Yeah. You bring your field in. It doesn't, you know. You know, It, it was all that basic stuff. Uh, South African sportsmen are who they are and they may well come out a different unit for the second test, which is when, by the way? Uh, it starts in Hamilton on Tuesday, I think. Right. I will watch. <laughs> Exactly, and it's look. We want to see better, and guess what? We have better. This is uh, this is like being served uh, slightly soggy garlic bread uh, as the entree when you know there's filet mignon coming out uh, for the main course. Australia is coming. The two tests on our shore uh, starting on the uh, the last day of February. So every and they every, are sold every, out. Every, I think I know at least one is both both tests. Yep. Both tests look even that way. Uh, Hagley looks like it's going to sell out as well as the basin, which is outstanding, and that shows there's still an appetite and it's. Still there to be done right. This is this is the Safkin team is an anomaly. It's not the the new um, new new future in my opinion of what Test cricket is because the, the players do value it so much. And, you know, we we're, everyone's arguing there's not enough of it, let alone that it needs to uh, to shove off those within the sport. So look, it's a very interesting to see what happens. But you know that said, it's also raised some pretty big questions against a side like that. Devon Conway still couldn't score runs. And uh, and uh, he was given a, a perfect opportunity when they when they batted again rather than enforce the follow on. Still didn't set to deliver. Does he become under pressure for the Australian Test? If so, who goes in? It's a really intriguing scenario for me. And Willow Rourke uh, is uh, the big Canterbury uh, paceman. He's been picked for this Test, the second Test in Hamilton. Do you play him? If you're not going to play him now, when will you play him? And who do you take out? Who who doesn't need more time under the belt? And you know, Jamison and Henry have had injuries in the past. You want to rest them, or do they need reps? So I'm actually quite intrigued about what happens with this next test. If we know Daryl Mitchell, uh, he will be missing, and the hope that he can be uh, fit in time for that Aussie series. Uh, but Kane Williamson, who people are, oh, I'll give him a rest. Well, can't really now with Mitchell out as the view. He will uh, Williamson will miss the T20s against Australia, which are between uh, this this current test series and the next one. So. It, interested with the balance what happens from here but uh, I will take a New Zealand side putting a team um, that put, makes a, a mockery of test uh, cricket selection to the sword uh, I was proud of them for doing so yeah okay let's just see what happens in that second test I'd be happy to eat my words uh, and see them put up a much stronger fight now speaking of the Aussies have they been at it again this this goes right up into the far uh, far lap the Pavlovas split ends. I won't say Russell Crowe because I think we agree they, they ended up having him. Uh, but that that level of of blurring the lines between the Tasman when it suits, it's been it was discovered that on the ICC Hall of Fame website, New Zealand icons Sir Richard Hadley, Martin Crowe, and the wonderful Debbie Hockley had an Australian flag attached to them. <laughs> now I know. I know these flags are similar. We see it all the time in, in a lot of sports, and even New Zealanders have been you know, a little guilty of going, oh, so, oh, no, that's not our flag. Whoops. But the simple fact of the matter is this, this isn't just like some uh, cut-and-paste uh, collage. This is an international uh, organization's website which have you know professionals involved. This has been rectified after it's been brought to the attention. Uh, they have put that New Zealand flag back on, but... Eyes up, everybody. Everyone pay attention to see what else uh, these Aussies are trying to claim of ours. <laughs> Indeed. Now, this is an interesting move by Sky TV, both as a business move, but also because of 
some of the changes that have been happening in the way we view sport. We know that Spark Sports nabbed cricket and then TVNZ nabbed Spark Sports uh, rights to cricket and have been showing it live, which is why you and I can drone on about whether that test match was any good. Um, so that, that's that's an interesting move. Sky, of course, has rebranded its prime channel as Sky Open, which is uh, a good marketing move and is putting some content out on that. Now it's looking at starting to put out some of that precious vault of sport that it pays or subscribers pay for. Just how much will people be able to see potentially on Sky Open and what's the impact from the sports perspective? Yeah, really intriguing. On a sports uh, point of view, obviously you, you mentioned that cricket now no longer under that Sky umbrella, uh, and I'm sure they've looked at the reaction and the coverage uh, and the way that there have been the ratings, what, pe- what people have bought into and the access. These sports are bigger, and I guarantee the other sports going, hey, um, any chance that we can um, talk about how we can get some of that access too? Well, I think this is a smart move. Uh, and don't forget, Sky, let's, Sky Open's not there to be a uh, – it's not – pure philanthropy it's supposed to be a taster right you were supposed to go go, geez i want to see more of it so i'm going to get myself the uh the pay pay model it's got a a role to play but sky open uh will play uh the nrl friday night games live to airs and when kickoff happens in that game that kickoff happens on sky open now it will be broken up with um three or four ad breaks throughout it so by the time the game's over uh, it'll be about 12 minutes longer, so if you're following along with social media, you're a bit behind, whatever it is. But it's a hell of a lot better than waiting until the game is over uh, and getting some midnight-style kickoff uh, if you want to catch up and stay connected to a sport but don't have the subscription. So that's great for all Friday night games, Which of uh, seven of which the Warriors be part of, which is actually they don't often get that many Friday nights either. So that works out really well. Uh, obviously, the, the Warriors bandwagon, people can get kind of caught up in it if they can have another season like they did last year. Super Rugby will get the same thing happening on Saturday nights. So that's another uh, incredible coup what that will be. You, you'll be able to see uh, a game played, kicking off at the, at the same time, but not you know, with the ads thrown in. And that should hopefully start getting people more invested and able to talk about the games because they've actually been able to see it. They get access to uh, to seeing it rather than just hoping to catch a glimpse on the news or uh, some highlights online rather than... Uh, they've still got some delayed games as well. But I think this is a massive, massive deal for getting New Zealanders brought back into sport because you talk about those test matches. I've had more people speaking to me about cricket this summer than I have the past four summers combined because people can see it. Right. And when you can actually view it and be part of it, that's incredible. So this is, I think, a, a quite an impressive and important move. It is, but from the business perspective, they have to be careful not to undermine that uh, that subscription model they still depend on for uh, for income. They're, they're looking at bringing on some advertising revenue, yep. right, additional advertising revenue, but it'll be a real balancing point as to how much they release and whether people will tolerate some more ads and, and the delay of a few minutes in order to save on a subscription. I think... One suspects the diehards will stay put, but yep. I'll be really interested in how it plays out from a business perspective too. From the sports point well, of view, well, it's a, an added winner. Tony yeah, but Brown, let's say you're a Warriors fan. It's only seven, it's, it's seven out of 20, uh, 25, I think it is. Okay, uh, so if you're a diehard, right? you're so still you, subscribed. It's a yeah. Yeah. So Tony Brown, uh, what an interesting character he's been. Um, so mm. often his career um, associated particularly with Jamie Joseph and the um, – in the Japan stint, and then there was talk for a while when um, we were looking around for a possible new all-black coach about that uh, pairing. Uh, he's, we're, we're just losing some really, and losing's probably the wrong word, 
some really key Kiwi coaches are taking on some international roles at the moment. And what's his? A very interesting move. He is now, it's been on the cards and kind of discussed, it's been scuttled up for a few weeks, but it's been confirmed uh, just the other day that Tony Brown will be the attack coach for the Springboks. He will be in charge of unleashing uh, the dormant beast that is the back line in South African rugby. Uh, Rassi Erasmus has taken back over as head coach. He was the uh, the, the, the head director, director of rugby orders for um, that last World Cup campaign. But take into account that you've got now got uh, him involved there with Safka, Joe Schmidt in, in charge of Australia, two great rugby minds who know the New Zealand style of play, even know the New Zealand players in many cases here. It is set for a far more intriguing rugby championship this year than we've seen in a long time. So I, I, I think it's great for Safka to have that. Will they give him the license to do what he likes with the back line, or they soon say, when the ball comes your way, on the few occasions we don't keep it in the forwards, uh, be ready, have something fun to do. But it's uh, another really intriguing uh, lineup there, because you're right, Tony Tony Brown, is, he's an innovator, he's a creative thinker, nobody has a word, bad word to say about him as a rugby mind, and, and no one says, oh, it could be this or that. He was wanted by both Scott Robertson uh, and Ian Foster for that 2019 uh, who, got the, who got the gig uh, scenario, and he, he didn't choose either, he wanted to stay loyal to Jamie Joseph. Here he is over there. Another addition to worth noting. Yako Piper, former test referee, one of the best in the business. He's actually joined the staff there at Springboks to help them with law interpretation. So literally, how to, to how to walk that fine line even finer. So I'm really intrigued to see how South could go next year. We're obviously all focused on what uh, Razor's All Black style looks like, but uh, there's some big tinkers with our big opposition as well. Yeah, and whether Joe Schmidt can lift Australia up by its bootstraps as well. Mm. Okay, the Super Bowl. Uh, there may be more Kiwis than normal watching this on Monday. This is free to air as well, isn't it? Oh, I wasn't aware. I was, I'm I pretty sure it is. Tab- I could be wrong. I thought I saw that on some advertising somewhere. I w- you talk I w- about I it. I'll Google. Me. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. So if look, anyone knows the Super Bowl, right? You don't have to be a fan of American football to know that the Super Bowl is, is the big dance. Uh, it's famous for a lot of reasons. Uh, some of it's football, not much of it. Uh, the ads obviously get huge uh, play and will be uh, the most viewed things online afterwards. The halftime show, always absolutely monstrous. But it has a new notoriety for those who uh, have not picked up on this and, and don't follow the uh, this this level of pop culture, but uh, all thanks to Taylor Swift and the Swifties. Now, Taylor Swift, international pop star, of course, uh, she's been dating a bloke called Travis Kelsey, who uh, plays for the Kansas City Chiefs, who is into the uh, into the incredible final that it will be against the San Fran 49ers. Uh, he's the most famous player in the world now, Travis Kelsey. He went from his jersey sales were. 19th, 20th, somewhere down there. He was a handy player and popular before, but now he's been associated. Uh, all the uh, the Swifty, the Taylor Swift fans have been buying up his, his jerseys, rocketed up into the top couple. Uh, so it's it's estimated that the relationship between these two has generated, this is US figures, $331.5 million in equivalent brand value for the Chiefs and for the NFL. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Even uh, some of the Republicans saying it's actually a Democrat conspiracy theory to stop Donald Trump uh, because Taylor Swift in the last election backed uh, Joe Biden. So apparently this is all a uh, concocted script to get yeah. people to vote against Donald I don't, Trump I don't know how the, the other way. players would feel about playing along with that. But anyway, um, <laughs> I don't know. It's been amazing. It's been it, absolutely yeah, anyway, amazing. I'll, I'll stay out of conspiracy theories. I normally do. Um, <laughs> it's live. And I think this again is 
possibly a legacy of TVNZ picking up that Spark stable because it is live on TVNZ1 midday on Monday. That will 100% will be. They'll be part of TVNZ's uh, picking up Spark, whether they had that same deal through there or not, I couldn't say off the top of my head. But I do know that you'd be able to, um, there's no question in the world that they have a desire to make you watch more sport and see there to be uh, a force because that's how they can start to really start to build that stable. So that is excellent news. You'll be able to watch the halftime show with uh, with Usher's performing and 100,000 cutaways of Taylor Swift watching in the crowd. So... <laughs> Uh, you might I, even I, have I, to I, get I, some I, hot dogs or something. I don't know. They have hot yeah, dogs at the baseball. I, what do they have at football? Oh, you know, the hot dogs are, are big there too. Um, they, they they kind of go anywhere in, in, in the States. You do, you do with a hot dog. Okay. Yeah, large, mass, massive cups of absolutely <laughs> everything. But don't use it as a drinking game for Taylor Swift. Otherwise, you won't make it to the halftime show. Every time you see <laughs> it, if you drink, you'll be in massive Sam trouble. Sam Ackerman.